And welcome to the Druck Report, our podcast from Hometown Headlines. John Druckermiller with you today. Thank you for joining us as always. And as always, we're coming to you from the studios of Brand Red Studios over on Bale Street. Todd LaBarge once again working at controls, making us all sound wonderful. Two great guests here who have had really not a lot to do this week or the last couple of weeks, as a matter of fact, which is a lie. These two gentlemen are working around the clock trying to keep you safe as we continue to monitor the corona virus in our town we are joined right now by floyd county commission chair scotty hancock mr hancock good afternoon hey, hey john jamie before county manager good more afternoon sir yes sir glad to be here used to saying these things in the morning we're doing <laughs> yeah. the afternoon. thank you guys both for being here let's just do the, the blank i say to do a status update which means as we record this we know what the numbers are we know we have eight cases in northwest georgia uh just had another confirmation this morning uh, uh, three patients now at Redmond Regional. A total eight in the market we're aware of. Um, I think it's one in, one person from Floyd County, one from Polk County, four from Bartow County, and two from Gordon County. Again, that's the current stats. They may change tonight. Um, people hospitalized, everybody getting the right kind of care. We hear everybody's stable. We have 20 caregivers from Floyd Medical Center uh, under self-quarantine because of their earlier care of patient number one. This is the Polk County woman. That said, gentlemen, you guys have been meeting with uh, your counterparts in the city, with public health, uh, I'm sure with school officials. Dumbest question I'll ever ask you, exactly where are we right now? That is, that's a great question, and uh, I always have the ability to defer. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to defer that to Jamie. But before I do that, one thing I want to say, John, is uh, you know the way that you outlined that in our surrounding areas, we have a plus for being a medical community. It's a plus. I mean, it brings economic development. We have excellent health care here, but also people from outside of our area come to Floyd County, to Redmond and to uh, Floyd Medical Center for patients. So we have to be aware of that and just be aware that we are a medical community and a medical hub here in northwest Georgia. So we're going to have these cases from other counties that we service currently are going to be coming into our community. So just I just want everybody to keep that in mind. But it's, Jamie and I have been meeting with uh, the city, as you said, and with uh, with Bill Collins. We Bill Collins and I talk probably two or three times a day. I know Jamie and Sammy are always talking. Uh, we've talked to uh, Lou Byers and Jeff with the county schools and met with them. We uh, met with Kurt Stunkel this morning. We've talked to John Quinn Living several times throughout this process. We're meeting with him on Monday. To, he actually, we were going to meet with him this afternoon, but he had a funeral to go to in Pensacola. So he's left already to go to that. So we'll be getting more updates and, and things from him. And the reason why we're meeting with these people, we have to gauge what's going on in our community. In order for us as leaders in the community to develop a plan on what we're going to do, there's certain triggers that, that we have to identify. And honestly, what got this ball rolling is our school system. That's that's the main trigger. You know, it affects uh, our employers and employees as far as having to stay at home with children, uh, their children. And when the schools close, it causes a lot of issues. And uh, and I know Jamie is going to touch on a lot that we've done with the uh, with the county and the city. But one thing I want, want to let people know that there's there there's not a there is a sense of urgency with this, but there's not a sense of panic is what I want to be clear. I mean, we need to be proactive in Orton in order to f uh, flatten the curve. And you'll hear that. That's a health term. You know, the curve, it goes up on the rise whenever we look at the uh, – 
the coronavirus and where it's at and studies have been shown and we've looked at them through the health community and with Jamie and Sammy and in order to flatten that you have to have social uh, distancing and things and, and, and a lot of people will say well you know this virus is not as bad as the flu it kills more people well this virus has come on fast and it's unknown to the medical community and we're learning every day as we go through this so it makes it much more scarier than the uh than just the average flu and uh you know we, we nobody's sure if you're a carrier of this and not show any symptoms and be spreading it i mean it's the fear of the unknown and then the fact that the quarantine period of 14 days causes disruption you know yeah. i Somebody told me the other day, they were like uh, talking about toilet paper. Well, the run on toilet paper, it's silly, but what people are thinking, man, if I get quarantined for 14 days, i got to have toilet paper. You know, that's the – you don't think about that. What happened to milk and bread? That's I know. it. I know. That's, but, you know, it's – we have contingency plans, and what, what I want to do and what I feel like my role is as a leader in this community is to set the standard and say, hey, look, guys, we got to take this serious. Here's what we're doing. We recommend that local businesses begin to to come up with contingency plans. You look at telecommuting uh, to work. Look at what happens if uh, if two in, the schools are closed and one parent has to stay at home with the kids. You can't leave them at home by themselves. Yep, exactly. So now you're going to be short staff. How how are you going to function and how's your business going to run? My concern is the economic impact of this on oh, small no. on no, small we business. A, we have a rant on that this morning. Yes, as a matter on, of fact, on, on small business. I mean, I, I'll give you two two quick examples. Uh, we've had a, a local hotel owner call and say, look, what's small business doing uh, for us? Are there any loans out there? Are there any things out there that I can do? Because everybody's canceling. I'm having issues. Yep. I want to tell you another business that people just don't think about in, until it's brought up. You know, we have uh, proms coming up. We have people that yep. rent tucks and dresses. We got a call from a local business owner that said, look, I need to know now so I can plan because I can't afford to take a $12,000 a month hit. If I do, I have to close my doors. I have to close my business. Oh, I think so I know if, you're talking about, as a right, matter of fact. Yeah. Right. So those, those are just some examples, and I'm sure it's affecting people in other ways. So we're not trying to discourage people from from spending money. We're just trying to and, – and visiting and going out to places, we're trying to tell people to be responsible with keeping your distance, using good personal hygiene when you sneeze, wash your hands. You know, and I don't, I don't – I'm not on here to talk about that because, you know, we've – that everybody should know we're all adults. I'm talking about being a responsible citizen, looking out for your neighbor and taking care of yourself and your family and being responsible. And I feel like it's not a time to be negative and make jokes about this. It's time to get serious. Let's buckle down and let's flatten the line, the curve on this and get it done. And that was the meeting we had yesterday. And then the governor, after we met, the governor come out with a statement that, you know, Check with your local communities, and and we're like, hey, guy, and we had already, we had met that morning. We didn't know that was what was going to be coming out in the governor's press release, because we've always been told, you know, give guidance to public health, refer exactly. everybody to public health. It's, it's been bottom up. Yes, yeah. it's always been that way, and now unless you want to call the state bottom, but we, we, we won't right. That's a, but now it's they've they've pushed it back on us, and and a lot of times emergencies are a local issue, but. We felt like we had to come together and make a statement, and we did a press release, and, and we just wanted to update everybody on where we're at. So Real, real quick before we get over to Jamie here. Jamie, right. we're, we're going to pass it over to you five minutes ago. We'll still get there. I'm sorry. That's okay. No, no, that's okay. All that's good. my rant. <laughs> no, no, not rant. Scotty, there's one thing about that. I think it's, it's something that people need to realize. I mean, you're talking, number one, as a county commissioner, number two, as a husband and a parent. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, number three, people might not realize this. You do work, of course, you do work for Redmond. They know mm-hmm. that. They may, but some may forget. You also were a former EMA director. That's right. So you've been through this drill. You've lived this drill before. That's right. We. It's kind of funny you said that. We dusted off our plans, looked at them, and I wrote them. Isn't that funny? <laughs> it's my plan. Yeah. And we, Jamie yeah. and I, we were up. Any typos? No, probably. One or two. But, <laughs> you know, no, we of course. That. All but, right, uh, Jamie, how about letting I'll us know where reality is here? Well, and again, compliments to Scotty doing that uh, back in 08. Tim Harrington's also doing a great job of coordinating. He got the plan out. Uh, we met with department heads. Uh, we talked about this last week, but it really went into action this week. We met with every single department head and or, and or elected official through uh, some point of contact. Every, we have a master plan for the county, and we also have an individualized plan for each department. Uh, obviously, essential services are number one. You know, 911 has to answer the phone. But keep in mind, they need to respond to an emergency, not a dog's barking in my neighbor's backyard. Can you send an officer out here? You're probably going to get a, I'm sorry, we'll get to get to that later. Uh, so just be patient with 911 and, and allow them to respond to the most appropriate and most pressing things. Uh, PD, again, we mentioned Sheriff's Office. We've got 600 uh, inmates in our jail and about 450 in our prison. So you talk about a pandemic problem. If it yep. ever got into the jail or into the uh, prison, we would Tim's have major Tim's been very issues. proactive. Tim Burkhardt has been very proactive about that. Some yes, of the he's guidelines. Work, he's and, been working great with us. He has. Tim's been great. Tim's got probably a little ahead of us, just to be frank, as far as knowing how to handle things and getting it going. Uh, he has suspended visitation, going to video visitation only. The uh, Department of Corrections has uh, had probably a 90% suspension where they're only allowing in end-of-life situations in immediate family. So uh, they, they're handling it correctly, and again, they're just trying to prevent uh, total chaos. But I think they've handled it, handled it very well. We can still provide essential services. The water's going to flow. The police are going to respond. Fire department's going to respond. That's obviously joint. Uh, Sammy's got that well under control. Troy's got that well under control, and Chief Brock's doing a great job with that. But you know, we've touched 28 departments individually, and then I've got four uh, department heads assigned, broken those down into about seven or eight each to be the the, the person to kind of coordinate scaling back in staff. We're going to see less people in our in our offices yep. over the next couple of weeks. Uh, the admin building will probably have uh, three or four people in the whole building, but we will have multiple people working from home with remote access. Uh, it may take you a little longer if you go to the tag office. Somebody's going to screen you at the front door and just make sure you don't have any symptoms before you come in. If you do, they're going to look at an alternate method such as online or by mail or even passing whatever you have from point A to point B in the building. So there's things that have to get done that you obviously your you know tags and, and your birthday and things that come up like that have to be handled but we are also looking at uh, having you go online and we're also looking at waiving fees for a couple of weeks till this hopefully settles it could be longer but we're communicating with our providers and our uh, credit card and debit card providers to t- turn the fees to us where we would absorb the fee to keep you from having to come in that's and a slow the exchange of cash down yes yep. and get just hand hands and, and we're also looking at putting some barriers up at some different uh, face-to-face offices either plexiglass or glass on some of the counters and again use common sense spread out keep six feet apart you know and that that's just basic hygiene and, and not again not going to beat that to death we've done that but uh, i think i think we've got a good plan in place uh, our facilities department has been doing surface cleaning 
uh, we're doing as much as we can possibly do. They were in, when I left just a few minutes ago, they were in my office and they were touching every surface. They did it earlier in the week, they did it again this week. I'm sure there's not, uh, uh, you can't overdo that based on what we know about the virus. But over the last two or three days, we have met with every single uh, entity and I feel really good about where we're at. I think we're ahead of it at this point. I don't know if we can sustain that, but I think what Scotty mentioned early, earlier, social distancing, spreading out, using common sense, stay home if you've got you know, issues or you've got symptoms. But uh, the court system sent out a release this morning. They're also looking at staggering jurors into the room. I think they actually canceled jurors for next week. But they are looking at uh, when they do start back staggering. That's a very small jury room when we don't need 100 people in that room. Yep. They're looking at staggering and having them come in at 839, 930, and also utilizing historic courthouse. The old courtroom has got space. We've also got the forum available if needed. And uh, you still will be screened at the courthouse, both historic courthouse and judicial building. That's one thing I'm hearing a lot about. I mean, we're trying to caution folks to be ready for this next week. Yes. They, you're going to be stopped on the way in there and asked a lot of questions yes. you may not want to answer. Absolutely. If it's raining and you're running late, you're going to be late because it's yeah. going to take you five minutes probably to get into the building because there's probably going to be a line and whatnot. But the SO, uh, Tim, has agreed to do that in the courthouse, and we've actually got County PD doing it historic. So, And that should have started either later this afternoon or it will start no, no later than Monday. I think Monday. Okay. Um, again, the cases, I, I don't want to get into the statistics. Y'all know what the statistics are. You mentioned them earlier. But we're all interconnected here. Uh, you know, we have an issue at a school, and either we have – a parent or a student in that school that works for Floyd County, or we have a parent or a student or a friend or a sister or a brother that works at Floyd Medical Center or at Redmond Regional. So being a medical hub is definitely a pro. Like Scotty said, this is not a con. Maybe it is during this time, but when this is gone, we're still in a much better position. And it's really a compliment that people are driving past other hospitals to come here to get treatment. It's confidence in our medical facilities, in my opinion, to come here and, and receive treatment and know they're going to be taken care of appropriately. So, yeah, not, not knocking any other facilities, but that ought to say something about people driving outside of the service delivery areas to our community to get treatment. And that is definitely an, an improved uh, situation for us. Um, Again, Lou Byers and um, Jeff Wilson have been great at communicating their situations and everything that's going on. Uh, Jeff, we've probably talked three or four times a day for the last couple of days. Uh, Georgia High School did step in and cancel outdoor activities. We had already canceled indoor activities, but Georgia High School came in, and I think it's effective today. There's no outdoor activities for 14 days. We're going to follow the school system in Georgia High School on our events. If this relieves at some point, I'd love to get our middle school programs back going again, softball, baseball, tennis, and whatever's going. But it's just, again, I think the countries and the, the communities that have gotten ahead of this with social distancing have made an impact. But I'm just asking for patience from the public. You may have a little bit of a delay on a service, but you're going to have water. You're going to have police protection. You're going to have fire protection. You're going to, the jails and the prisons are going to be safe. But some of the other peripheral things that, will, that may be just a little slower than they normally are. Real quick question. We'll take a quick break after this. We're talking about, you know, also, and you made a good point about this, something we were talking about last night at the house, um, and this is weird coming from a guy who makes a living on the Internet, but, you know, how tech savvy is our community? Are we ready to take more? I know, I know you guys, I mean, the county and city governments are set up to take online bill paying, that kind of stuff. Is our community there? I know we're looking at maybe 4,000 students in one of the school systems who don't even have Internet connection. 
Well, and you're that's, shifting bandwidth from point A to that's point true. B too. And, and and I brought this point up yesterday. We, I know you know, we moved in the last couple of years. We moved closer into town. We mm-hmm. used to live out in a rural part of the county, and we didn't have internet. Mm-hmm. We had a hotspot. And we had to switch usage. Like if Gatlin had homework or Bethany did and they needed to get on the laptop, somebody had to get off because there just wasn't enough bandwidth from where we lived. And plus, I'm cheap and I refuse to pay $150 a month to HughesNet. But that's a whole other story. But so that that is a problem. And then you're not talking about community or, or families that can't afford Internet. That's That is a lot of the issue. But there are people that just live in remote areas that oh, don't yeah. don't have it, that, yep. you know, and that, that is an issue, and they're going to find out now if if we have that. I mean, I don't I don't know how you handle that other than trying to spread the internet throughout the community, which I know there's lots of grants, and I know we've we've tried, and we we get in on every opportunity that we we have to do that, but that is going to be an issue. Well, I mean, but I think, I think but the good part though, I think we're going to see people who may have been a little slow, who do have the ability, do have the access. They're going to have to. They're going to have to, have to learn some of that stuff. So anyway. We are talking about what's going on with the coronavirus here in Roman Floyd County. And I say Rome very quickly before we get uh, another break here. Uh, we did indeed, uh, Scotty, first off, thank you for trying to set this up today. Um, we did try to make sure we have a city representative here as well. But, and of course, everybody is booked, and that's fine. So this is uh, not going to say it's the best we got. We couldn't get better than this. Sorry, Sammy. We could, we could, but uh, we got two good guys here again. Scotty Hancock, Jay McCord, talking about what's going on in our community. We'll come back. We'll talk more about that after the break. You're listening to the Direct Report, John Ruckermiller, HometownHeadlines.com. More after this. I'm Ryan Simmons, Creative Director at Brand Red. We're honored to sponsor today's episode. If you're looking to grow your business, we help companies just like yours reach new customers. Contact us by visiting our website at brandredstudios.com or emailing us at info at brandredstudios.com. To the Hometown Headlines newscast, podcast, whatever you want to call it, direct report. We have too many names for the same thing. The important thing is we're talking about what's happening in our community. Again, we are joined by Scotty Hancock, Florida County Commission Chairman. Jamie McCord, the county manager. We are in the studios of Brand Red Studios over on Bale Street. Todd Lamar is once again producing this, talking about coronavirus. I almost had it wrong there. In our community and what's going on with that. Scotty, in the first part of the first episode here, you mentioned uh, things that trigger our response. I mean, we've all watched this for weeks now. Yeah. But what really put us from bystander to active participant? Well, the the main thing, John, whenever we were meeting, we were talking about well, we need to pick out what our triggers are that sets us off to going to this level or to what's the next move. And when the county schools, we had a meeting with them and they started talking about closing schools and then it rolled around and, you know, then the city schools are saying, yeah, we're going to close. Those were one of the triggers because that that changes the dynamics of everything because, you know, like I said before, you have possible people being quarantined. You have the fact that. Uh, students are, are at home. The workforce is, is going down. And that's one of the things when we talk to public health, uh, Dr. Vasio, that that would be one of the triggers. Then that would, once it got into the school system, then it may be classified as a community outbreak. And that's, okay. that's that was what triggered us. And we're like, okay, we got to get out in front of this because the whole time we've been doing some, some a little planning as we go. And we've been, you know, getting our message from pub, public health, as I said before. And then all of a sudden, communication slowed down we wouldn't get a whole lot of information and then you know the governor's release yesterday saying uh 
it's a local issue. You need to talk to your local officials. Well, he's talking directly to to me and Jamie and to Sammy and Bill and the uh, you know in our commission. So we felt like okay, it's time that we have to get in this game and we've got to figure out what's going on because people now are going to start looking toward us and we mm-hmm. cannot give them the direction to you know go to public health to get your guidelines on on what to do as per, far as precautions. But I felt like it was time for us to take the lead on this. I mean, we've been sitting back waiting on direction, well, and if, sometimes you just have to. Let me spare take you guys the, the heat the for this. I'll take the heat on this stuff. I got to tell you, and I'm uh, raising a little bit of hell and some of our rants and emails and private emails and all uh, about that very thing. About you know, come on, we need we need information, we need data, we need to know what's going on here. And you know, well, we can. It's blocked. It's HIPAA. This. I don't mean the hospital, but you know, no, whatever. No, whatever. And that, I'm kind of like, look, people want to know. People I hate to say it. They want to know the count and the amount every morning when they get up. They want to know how many patients here, where they live at, where they're at, and you can't get that information to them. Why are you covering this stuff up? So anyway, we'll deal. We will deal with that part in the media. You, you guys right. spelled it out very quickly, very nice about you know why the game has been stepped up. One of the important things we've talked about, uh, and you've seen this, I think, repeatedly in the releases on our websites, us, Rome News Tribune, WRJ. Folks, by the way, we don't care where your information comes from. Go, go to a reliable source, and please stay informed. But one thing we saw repeated yesterday when all the closing started to mushroom was feeding sites. And the important thing is that we have a lot of hungry kids out there right mm-hmm. now, and there's some cool things happening to make sure those kids get fed. How about let's go over that real quick? Yeah, I know Donna Carver and Jeff Wilson are working together. They are going to do some form of a feeding program. I don't have the exact details, but I know we've opened up. We do summer feeding. We've done it at Alto Park. We've done it at uh, Anthony. We've done it at uh, Gilbreth. Fielder, we've done it. Uh, I think we've actually even done it at the uh, the main location, uh, the, the Headquarter, headquarters. So we're opening up our facilities to them to do that. Had a conversation with Donna. Had a text with Todd uh, over this morning, and everything is open from our end to allow them to do that. Now they're going to also follow best management. We're not going to do it like we do in the summer, where they come in and eat and they go have a little activity in the gym and then you know take a snack home with them. It's going to be more of a drive-through. Pick your sack lunch up, my drink, milk, whatever, go home. But that is a great move by the county school system to do that. And it's, and it's open. I know that they're coordinating also with uh, Lou Byers and, and, and their, their kids as well. Because so, you're right. Y'all said it uh, at the break. There are kids that only get two meals a day, and both of them are at school. That's so, something else. And it, it's sad, but we need to, that is great work by the school system, and we certainly will, will open up our facilities. Let me talk a little bit more about rec, too. A couple of our rec centers are voting precincts. The oh, primary yeah. is still scheduled to, to be, is it the 24th? I got that in my mind, but I can't. March 24th, that's yes. it. Yep. Tuesday, March 24th, so it is still scheduled, and we do have precincts that are at some of the uh, rec facilities. They will be open on those days. Right now they're closed because we just don't want sure. congregate activities. But they will be open, obviously, on those days. Robert did, I think, uh, take the Civic Center away. He said it's supposed to send a press release yeah, out. Robert Brady, elected supervisor of the Civic Center. Will have a, a, now, if you listen to this on uh, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, you can vote at the Civic Center Friday and Saturday and, or Saturday and Sunday. But then no Civic Center going forward on Monday. It'll be back down at the administration building only. So, yeah, that note did come out this morning. Good. I knew he was talking about that. I hadn't seen it released yet. But we, you will have early voting at the 4th Avenue and the Civic Center through the weekend. Then the Civic Center goes away next week. You're just back at admin. And we've yep. had 13, 1,400, I think. Through. 1,441. Yeah. So Why do I remember that number? Pretty good yeah. uh, mm-hmm. considering rain. 
And another thing, uh, you know, everybody's saying, I think I do think the cold weather, and I'm not a medical professional, but getting outside is a good thing. Getting fresh air. We had handled, had left our outdoor uh, rec activities active through yesterday until Georgia High School pulled the plug and we're following suit. But uh, hopefully we can get back to outdoor activities again, getting people out of the house. It has rained for like 40 consecutive days mm -hmm. and 40 nights, and I, I do believe that obviously has had something to do with this, at least with the spread. But we're doing everything we can possibly do. Mentioned the city one more time. Uh, Sammy and I, have, we've talked every day multiple times. We're trying to stay in concert because we have a lot of joint departments. We have a lot of county-wide services that affect city residents. And uh, he's communicating really well. Scotty and Bill are communicating really well. I just appreciate the, the concert that's going on between all the agencies. And again, I can't mention the school system and Dr. Vosio. I want to thank him. I know who, who else. I mean, he walked into this thing in a month and has <laughs> had to deal with it. What an incredible first couple of uh, Yes. Geez. I mean, and he's great. He has a very calming effect. He gives facts. He'll also say something maybe that you hadn't hadn't heard, and it might take shock you a little bit. He'll, but he's, I think he's everything he's told us has been accurate and true to this point, and I appreciate his leadership. The communication thing is, you know, he's, that's kind of coming from above. He's kind of having to do what he's being told to do. But I appreciate his efforts to this but point. I think we've got the communications worked out locally after today. I think Good. I think information will begin to flow a lot better. There there was a uh, there was a meeting with the, within the medical community with the hospital leaders this morning at uh at Harbin Clinic and then we met with uh Mr. Stunkel this afternoon and as I said we're meeting with John uh Quinn living on Monday and I, I think the communications flow is gonna get a lot better because we can't develop a plan if we're just hearing it when everybody else does. Well I think and, that's because we we can't gauge where we're at. If we're we can't gauge what we're doing if it's working or not. Yeah. So we can just guess so do we need to tighten down a little bit more? Do we need more restrictions? Because they are things that we can do. We don't want to do, but if there's a declaration of emergency declared and then we have to declare one locally, that gives us the ability to enact emergency ordinances and a whole lot of other things. And well, we're at this the next questions. Right. That's, that's where we're, we want to go next. What happens now? We are looking at those now. We've uh, we've asked Tim Harrington, our emergency management director, and Jamie to pull those out, look at them, craft them the way that, that there's a set – template that we have now but we can implement those into any direction we want to go i mean so there just to give you an example there's a curfew that we can put impose on everybody uh, legally the quarantine is is a whole nother ball game we'll have to get some legal direction on what we could do with that but uh price gouging is already in there where uh usually that's for gas yeah if you nah, have we, a little bit about that right but yeah, of all things yeah. toilet paper Toilet, Give me yes, a break. Toilet, I can't, I can't believe it. I've heard that one already. Yeah, the PPE, the problem with personal protective equipment with the hospitals. You know, we're hospitals and medical people are, are asking people not to buy up all the bulk because we, we can't even get it. So, oh, I yeah. mean, it's when you go to the hospital, our, our staff, we're eventually, if this keeps going like it is, we're going to run out. So we're trying to figure out ways to bulk order. And there's things that we can do in our emergency ordinance that gives us a little more flexibility. And it gives Jamie the ability to make a decision on the fly without having to call the board together and do a lot of things. So, I mean, it's we're not at that point yet. You know, the governor may make an announcement. I know the president uh, gave some strong words and where he's at on it and where he stands. And then if the governor takes that same position, we're going to have to reevaluate it. And uh, That question might be yesterday. So, so we are yeah. not at – people asked me this question last night as well. We are not at a state of emergency yet. 
I don't feel like we are statewide. now. I don't feel like we are now. I think we, Tennessee declared right. sometime in the last 24 hours, but we actually have more cases than they do. We do. We'll right. take our – I feel like – now, this is a discussion we have not had, but I feel like that we will probably take our lead from the governor's office. If they do, then we're going to have to look at that and see what – if if we're at that point. Because what a state of emergency d- does it do, it doesn't send you – bodies and people it sends you a, a checkbook it gives you the ability to request funds and things like that from Good. the state and federal government which you know we may there may come a need where we need that and one thing it does it frees up the loans for small business owners Good. and it, that so i mean we're we could get to that point but i don't feel like we're there yet john everybody wants to ask this question i'll ask you this question timetables what are we looking at here do we i know we're talking about a two-week i, I, I never heard the expression Flatten the curve till last night. My mm-hmm. good friends, our good friend Sarah Tuck at the hospital had something at the Hartman Clinic had something on Facebook about flatten the curve. I'm like, what are you talking about? Then I started reading through it. Well, it makes perfect sense. Yes. So these curfews, these close about the curfews, probably closed schools, whatever we're doing here, that's going to help do that stuff. It that's the theory, you know, yeah. the theory and, and the the facts. It's factual. I mean, I've read many reports on it, multiple. And I'll, I'll send you an email, a text with one of them that I read this morning. Uh, it's it's. It, the data backs it up. The communities are being proactive in getting ahead of this or having the least impact. I mean, you look at, uh, uh, what is it, Italy that is pretty much shut down now. They oh, kinda, Italy's kinda, a mess. They kind of sit on their hands and, ah, you know, that that's what I've been told. And You see their death And see the impact. Uh, and then you see the studies that people a lot smarter than me have done that, that shows that's the impact. And one of the things that this article that I'm going to send you talks about is being an elected official and being a leader, you know, people may make fun of you. People may say, oh, you're overreacting or what. But I would rather overreact and be made fun of than be caught. Turn your, not, face, not, turn, turn your Facebook off for a while. Yeah. And ignore it. And, and not I be do. prepared. Yeah. And there's somebody that said something the other day, one of the leaders in a hospital meeting. Times like this is what define people as leaders. Oh, yeah. You know, it can make you or break you. And I'm not, I don't want this commission and this Jamie and our county to be defined as somebody that didn't do what was right at the time they need because they they were worried about what people thought about them. Well, good. That's, that's, that stuff, Scott. I agree with you. Uh, very quickly, we'll kind of we'll wrap up with this. Um, I know no one can call it. We cannot. We can't predict a darn thing right now. We're watching. We're waiting, analyzing facts. You're making decisions, like you said. You know, Do we go to a state of emergency? Do we go to a curfew? Whatever it is. For the public, what should people watch for? And more important, what's the best information? I don't mean meat. I mean, what's the best place to look? The CDC website, okay. uh, of course, the standard. Uh, the, I, I guess it's – I'd have to pull it up on my phone. But it's the CDC website CDC. and then Department CDC of Public – CDC.gov, yeah. Yeah, .gov and the public health. Uh, DPH is putting out a lot of good information. Our, our local hospitals are putting information out to the medical community, such as the primary physician offices and EMS and uh, – a lot of good information is coming out through organizations. Your Facebook pages, I mean, you're being a county yeah, Facebook page. Yeah, absolutely. We're forwarding some things. Uh, you know, we've put uh, we've put signage on most buildings and and some independent offices within buildings about don't enter if you have symptoms. And there clearly yep. are what they are. Call this number if you have symptoms. Again, early voting is going on at admin. You can come in and early vote. Just use best management practices while you're in the room. You know, stay away if, if you've got issues. And Robert put out a good thing about the absentee ballots and the mail process and what you can do if you are sick and you want to vote. But uh, timing, it's just going to take time for us to determine where we ramp up. I hope we have gotten ahead and the curve doesn't get spiked. I hope it has already started to level out, but we just don't know at this point. 
I All right. No, 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 no. We just don't know right we'll now. We'll scale them back if we have to. We'll, we'll keep pulling back. It is indeed. It's new territory. And it's funny. And, Scott, again, going back to your 2008, your EMA days and all that kind of stuff, all of us have been through this certain level in some other way, shape, or form. You know, we got ready. We got ready for swine flu. We got ready for this. We got ready for that. This is the first time we really had to use this protocols. And it is it is a learning experience for everybody. Twenty-seven uh, years ago today, we were all covered in twenty-three inches of snow. People don't realize that. So there's that something. Right? Yes. I, didn't, I didn't realize that. The blizzard of ninety-three. There's yeah. something about this weekend. Oh wow, this week has been rough. <laughs> Somebody posted something on their Facebook page. This week's been the roughest year I've ever had in my life. I, I believe it. Ain't over yet, brother. No, it's not over yet. We got a lot more to go. Gentlemen, I want to thank you guys. I know both of you guys are very busy on this stuff. Thanks for coming by. Any information we can convey in any of our channels or platforms, and I hate those terms, let us know. We're glad to do it. You want to meet regularly doing this on a podcast? We're glad to do that as well. But I want to thank both you guys again. County Commission Chairman Scotty Hancock, thank you for that. Jamie no. McCord, County Manager, thank you. Todd LaBurge, thank you. As always, uh, we'll have continuing updates all weekend. We're not going to slow down 24-7. Trust me, it has been around 24-7. Not bragging, not whining. That's what we're paid to do. Uh, we'll have continuing updates for you on this throughout the entire thread. This is John Ruckermiller saying thank you for your time today, and please listen to what these gentlemen just said. Y'all have some great advice here. Thank you. Thank you, John. Appreciate it.